Hey everybody, welcome to church, welcome to Trinity. My name is Chris McDaniel, the lead pastor here at Trinity, and we are so thankful that you have chosen to join us for our online service. Before I read from Mark 6, I've got a very exciting update. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned for the first time that we are beginning on August 1st going to move back to our original service times, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and 6 o'clock on Sundays. This is going to give us space between services, a way to get our services back to kind of pre-COVID reality. In addition to that, we are going to create in all of those services a section in the room where you can sit with a mask and socially distance. The rest of the room will be mask optional and not distanced. What we're trying to do now is to bring our church back together and to create space for people to be where they need to be and to do what they need to do. In addition to that, we are going to be having our chapel open with video and audio for those who would require some extra space and some elbow room in the building. Y'all, we are very excited uh, to be moving back into this space of getting our evening service back online and going from three morning services down to two. It'll be good to be together. Here's another uh, piece of information that I think you're going to be happy to hear. We are going to, beginning on August 1st, be removing registrations for our kids' ministry and opening up our capacity for Trinity Kids. So what that means is we're going to be basically back to pre-COVID realities in terms of capacity in our building. We're going to continue to have 4 through 11-year-olds wear masks in the building, whether they're in the sanctuary with their parents or in the kids' ministry. Um, and we're just excited about being able to stay safe and to open up and get back to a full capacity reality. Here's what's going to happen as well, and this may not feel like great news to some of us. Beginning on August 15th, we're going to be ending our online church service video content. All along as a leadership team, we've said that as long as there were limitations around who in our church could get back into this building, whether it was sanctuary limitations or kids limitations, we would do online church. We know many of you are worshiping from home. Um, we're going to invite you, if you live in the Atlanta area, to come back into this building and come back to church. There's room for you here and there is space for you here. Uh, the 15th will be our last Sunday producing online content. After that, we're going to have podcasts for sermons. We'll have music resources that will come out. The occasional class content will come out online. But these services, as we've been watching them, will conclude. So if you're in Atlanta, and come back to church. If you live further away, and we know that many of you have been watching and have found us maybe during the pandemic, we want to encourage you to find a church community close to you and to worship there. Breaking bread and communion. Uh, shaking hands and hugging people, singing together. These are a part of what it means to be an incarnational body, to belong to one another. And we've been through an extended season where that wasn't possible, but now we believe it's time for us to come back. God bless you. I am so, so looking forward to seeing you soon in this building on a Sunday. If you have your Bibles, please turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. We're going to read from the scripture. This is specifically a story of Jesus walking on the water to find his friends. Immediately, he made his disciples get into a boat and go on ahead to the other side of Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After saying farewell to them, he went up on a mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea and he was alone on the land. And when he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, he came towards them early in the morning walking on the sea. He intended to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. 
And then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gesineret and moored the boat. And when they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed out about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that, he might, that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's look at the word today. Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the opportunity to hear and to see, to be here, thinking about your word together. But Lord, I pray more than think today, I pray that we would experience you, Jesus, in a way that pulls this story out of history and places it right here within the landscape of our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this story, the one that I just read, follows immediately on from the feeding of the 5,000. So if you back up just a couple of verses in Mark's gospel, you see Jesus feed 5,000 people in a remote place. The disciples have just witnessed a breakthrough. They've witnessed God do something that's uh, undeniable and unmistakable. It was a miracle. And now Jesus says to these men, go get in the boat and go on to the other side. So the first movement, and I think the thing that we have to sit with here, is Jesus said to his friends, go on ahead of me. He put his friends in a boat, and Jesus climbs a mountain to pray. And the disciples launch out into the lake by themselves. They've gone on ahead. Jesus is behind them. He's not right there in their intimate space, but they're doing precisely what he's told them to do. The disciples are doing nothing wrong. They're just going on, just like Jesus said. And there are times in life where we're just going on and doing what we know is right and doing what we even know God has told us is right. And yet, we're not sure Jesus is right there next to us. That's exactly what the disciples are feeling. And as they step out, as they go on ahead, they become locked in a major adverse circumstance. See, they're doing nothing wrong, but they're experiencing trouble. The second thing we need to see here is that adverse winds come into life. They come into your life and mine, just like they did the disciples. See, these disciples get out on this boat, and they begin to row and row and row against a wind. And it must have been an adverse circumstance because the text tells us that in the early morning, they're still rowing against it. They would have launched their boats in the evening, and now it's the middle of the night, one, two in the morning, and they're out in the middle of the lake. They're probably tired. They're probably frustrated. I don't think they're scared. These were seasoned fishermen. They knew adversity comes and you just get through it. In the same way that many of us probably know, trouble comes and you just put your head down and you do what you got to do and you get through it. That's exactly where the disciples are. But like them, when we get in those spaces of extended adversity, we sometimes lose sight of and perspective of everything else. We just put our head down, nose to the grindstone and say, I got to get through this thing. Maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you're in one of those seasons in life where you've been rowing against an adverse wind for quite some time. And if that's you, you're probably tired, you're probably frustrated, and you're probably not terribly aware of everything going on further afield. The disciples were locked in a struggle, and they were just trying to get through it. 
And when I think about my own life, I think how often am I locked in a struggle and I'm just trying to get through it. You're just trying to endure it. The disciples knew that they would eventually get through. The wind would die or something would change or they would muscle through. But they're in it. And maybe you're in it. In some ways right now, I feel like I'm in that same exact space. And here's what I know about myself when I'm in those spaces. Like the disciples, it's hard for me to see Jesus when I'm in a struggle. I see the struggle, but Jesus, sometimes it's hard to see him. And maybe for you, you're feeling the same way I can feel. And that leads me to the third thing that we have to see in this passage. Jesus approaches his struggling friends. They don't see it, but he's coming anyway. He's moving toward them. And I love the way the language unfolds in this passage in Mark's gospel. Jesus sees that they're struggling and then he moves toward them. And I just want to say to you, when Jesus sees that you and me are struggling, he doesn't move away from us. He moves toward us. And yet we may not be aware of his movement in our direction. The disciples were totally ignorant. They were just trying to get through a hard time. And yet Jesus saw them in their vulnerability and he moves toward them. And this has got me to thinking about something that I think we need to consider. When you are in a vulnerable place, God moves toward you, not away from you. And we need to hear that because many of us probably have a kind of distorted view of God that he wants us to have our act together and that when we're not in a great place, he sort of withdraws from us. And yet that's just not the way it works. Jesus here moves toward his friends, but they are so distracted by the struggle that they do not recognize Jesus. And then when they do recognize Jesus, they're terrified because they think he's a ghost. There he is walking on the water. And y'all, we have to hear this. Jesus is now overcoming. He is standing on top of the waves. The thing that is overwhelming them, Jesus is overcoming it. And when they see him, Rather than say, oh, well, Jesus is here. Everything's going to be good. Actually, things get worse. They are afraid. They cry out in fear. That leads us to the fourth thing. When they are afraid, so not only vulnerable, but afraid. Not only tired and frustrated, but acting bad, missing God. Jesus speaks to them, and then he gets in the boat with them. And I am very comforted by the words of Jesus. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Where do I need to hear that right now? Where do you need to hear that? Where do you need to hear rather than why didn't you recognize me? Or why don't you trust me? Or why aren't you working harder? Where do we need to hear Jesus say to us, I know it's hard, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. I believe that Jesus says those very words into the heart of every human soul. We just sometimes don't hear him. We don't make room for it. So where might God be inviting you to look up from the struggle you're in and see him? See, the disciples had to learn how to look up and see him because struggle tends to create tunnel vision. It removes everything else and we just see the struggle. And when we just see the struggle, we sometimes don't see Jesus. So Jesus speaks to them. He speaks to his friends. And then he enters into their space. And I love the fact that Jesus actually gets into their intimate space. Your life is like a boat. And Jesus wants to get in the boat. But you've got to invite him in. But here's a phrase that trips me up. It says at the very end of the passage today 
Then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. And then listen to this. And they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. What does that mean? I mean, Jesus is now in the boat with them and we're told that their hearts are hardened. See, it's not enough that Jesus is able to walk on the water, to move and to, to show that he's powerful over all of creation. The disciples missed something. And I believe that we miss something sometimes when God is wanting to connect to us. Jesus isn't just wanting to show his friends that he's a superhero here. His disciples get that. This is impressive. Walking on the water is not normal. Feeding 5,000 people, not normal. But what Jesus is trying to get them to understand that they're struggling to understand, I think it's the same thing he wants you and me to understand, and it's this. He's showing his friends, including you, that he can reach us when we're in adversity and that he can find us when we're struggling, that he moves toward us. And the disciples in this moment were not yet fully in touch with the fact that God was trying to say, I can find you when you're in a hard spot. And I believe that one of the things the Lord wants to say to you is I can find you. Maybe that's what he's saying to you right now. And if you connect it to the feeding of the 5,000, I think additionally he would say, I can take your meager provision, you're not enough, and I can do something with it if you'll share it. I've got some questions I want to put in front of you before we wrap up our service today. And if you're in a group, this is an opportunity to discuss among your friends. If you're by yourself, it's a great opportunity to journal. And we're just going to put them up on the screen and you can hit pause. And then we're going to pray together and we'll turn you loose on this Sunday. Number one, are there places in your life where you feel you've gone on ahead, you know, stepped out, taken a risk, and you're experiencing trouble, difficulty? I think it would be good for us just to name, I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but this is really hard. Let's think about that. Talk about it. Number two, reflect on times, maybe even right now, where you've struggled to perceive God's presence in the middle of some adverse circumstance, where you thought, where is God? And then finally, in what parts of your life do you need to know that God can reach you and that he can use your not enough, your meager resources and do something with it? In a moment, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together. But before we do, I just want to say that if this is your church, this is an opportunity for you to give and support our mission. You can visit our website. There's a button there around Sundays. Um, you can give to support our mission. But if you're a guest, um, one of those people from further away, or maybe you're just checking us out again after a year and a half or so, we just want to say everything is taken care of. We are just so thankful you're here. And to all of you who are open to it, we hope you'll join us back here on the west side for church. Soon, kids' ministry, full rooms, spaces for you if you require distancing and masking. We want to regather as the family of God. Let's pray together as Jesus taught us to pray. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you soon here on the West Side.